The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, David Williams. I've got a special guest, Mr. Isaac Simpson. Simpson. Sorry, man, your last name's not even hard and I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac covers uh, Memphis Tiger Sports for Rivals, and he has come on with me to do our final show before the draft. Isaac, how's it going, man? Man, been good, man. I'm excited, man. A couple of days out uh, for the NBA draft in this wild year, man. NBA draft in, in, in November, man. It's a, it's a little bit different, but I'm, I'm excited, man. We right around the corner, December 22nd, man, and not not taking a lot of time off, man. We're going to be right back in the thick of this thing, and I'm, I'm excited for it. I, I'm The thing that interests me the most is what type of chemistry are these teams going to have? There's going to be a lot of you know teams that have guys that are returning, but these free agents that move – you know, you're going to have the draft Wednesday, free agency, and then they're going to have basically three weeks of training camp. Doesn't give them much time to build chemistry. That's going to be, uh, I, don't, I don't, it's going to be favorable for the teams that have kind of have the same core moving forward. Yeah, I agree. It's def- definitely going to be different. Uh, for, I mean, it's condensed off season, man. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of things going on within this, this next month and a little, little bit of month in a couple of weeks. Um, like, like you said, with free agents, they're not going to have a lot of time to, to get acclimated with their their new teams, and I mean these teams are have used to being in a bubble. They're going to be going back to normal training camp situations, and I mean it's going to be crazy. I mean you're going to probably have all the testing. You might have guys coming down with COVID. I mean it's going to be all kind of things going on, and, and it's going to be full speed ahead to that December 22nd uh, kickoff date. But it's going to be interesting. I think it's I think we're going to see a lot of moves. I think that that condensed window is going to make teams kind of kind of rush to do things, make rash decisions, some probably that they would sometimes think about or, or wait to see and react what other teams do. I think a lot of teams are going to be quick on the draw to make some of these moves with a condensed schedule. I'm excited for it. I think we we saw the big CP3 trade going down today, and I, I think that's the first of many. Yeah, man, that's I had to uh, to flip my phone face down so I'm not flipping through Twitter while this is going on. <laughs> I don't want to miss anything, but I want to get give you my time and uh, get, get this show in for sure. So, let, let me ask you something. In this short window, who do you think that favors? Do you think that favors the the teams, like the the owners, or is this like the short window going to be more of an upside for the players? Um, I, I think I think you can kind of look at it both ways. I think, again, like going back to what, what I just said, I think there are going to be some teams that will probably rush to overpay guys because they're not going to not going to have a lot of patience because they don't know what's going to happen. I mean, teams are going to have to do things really quickly. Uh, so I think a lot of these guys are probably might get more money than they would under normal circumstances. Uh, so I think that kind of helps the players, but I think it kind of helps the owners as well uh, because I think some teams are probably going to rush the judgment and be quicker to to make some make some moves that they might not make, might take time to think about if they had longer. So I, I mean I think you can look at it both ways, but I, I think again I think it's going to be craziness. I think we've already seen the trade. We've heard a lot of rumors out of Houston with Russell Westbrook. Uh, I think uh, we saw a rumor today that James Harden is now saying that he wants out of Houston for sure. Uh, looking at Brooklyn, you think about what that big three that could set up there. I mean, it's oh, gonna man. be it's gonna be crazy, man. And you know, yeah. over this next month, man, I think we're gonna see again a lot of a lot of guys uh, changing addresses in, in the NBA over the next month. Yeah, I I hope that we stay away from that big three just for <laughs> basketball. I mean, I yeah, that, that's maybe nuts, maybe man. it'll drive up ratings, but I just I don't want to see it, man. I don't at all. So that that's gonna it's definitely. Definitely going to be a lot of fireworks moving forward here in the next uh, next week or so. All right, man. So let's move into the draft. Um, before we get into, we're, we're going to the biggest reason I had you on. I want to talk about the Grizzlies, obviously. But 
Who who do you have top end of this draft? Who would you say goes number one? Um, it's it's going to be interesting. We're, we're going to see if the, the Timberwolves keep that pick. I, I think there's a lot of potential for that pick to for them to move down with that pick. I think if they stay there, we've heard a lot of buzz about LaMelo Ball. I know he worked out for them and a couple of other teams at the top again the other day. I, I'm not quite so. Again, we, we kind of talked off air before we came on here about the top of this draft. Uh, I, I don't look at any of these guys and think, look, see a guy and say, oh, that's a surefire superstar right there. Like you talk about last year when you got – Guys like Zion, Ja, R.J. Barrett, and guys like at the top of the draft. I don't think they don't have three guys like that in this draft. I'm not even sure if you have one. I mean, you can talk about James Wiseman and, and his potential. We know all about that here in Memphis. Uh, but but he's a guy that I could see I could see really working out. But I could also see a guy a guy that that doesn't pan out. Um, I mean, you, you call him a unicorn. He's a guy, but that that can, can do a lot of things on the floor. But does that translate to the NBA? I, I wish we could have seen him at Memphis for a full season to see how that, that played out. We saw him in a, in a couple games, uh, one against, against, against a bad opponent where he dominated, where you'd expect him to dominate. But we didn't get a chance to see him in a full college season. So I don't think anybody really knows what James Wiseman is and will it translate. I, I think you think on paper, he looks like a guy that can can fit the NBA, just today's NBA from the center position. But but who knows? Again, I, I just wish we could have saw him in that full college season. Bello Ball is a guy who, Played overseas, some question marks about his shooting ability. Uh, Anthony Edwards is another guy who I watched up in close and personal covering the Tigers. Uh, he's a guy with, with, with Georgia who you, you talk to, to talk coaches and people that cover their team. The work ethic is not not really there. He's a guy who's not efficient. He doesn't quite he doesn't really make his teammates better. He takes plays off. He's a guy who I mean he, he can score when when he gets hot. Uh, he can really knock down shots, but he's extremely streaky. You look at his numbers, he's been inefficient. So I, I'll look at any of those three guys as a guy that's a, a surefire superstar. So I think the top of this draft is not good as we've seen in years past. But I think depth-wise, I think this could be one of the better drafts, especially if you're looking at point guard, combo guards, and wings. I think there's going to be guys all the way to the bottom of this draft that can, can really come in and contribute to you possibly year one. Yeah, yeah def- definitely a lot of uh... – a lot of talent in the draft, just not not the superstar guy. It's crazy to talk about guys going one, two, and three, and then you're pointing out big holes in their game. Yeah. It's like, man, that, you know, like a number one pick shouldn't have that. But, you know, I think it was – I was trying to think of – was it Oregon that Wiseman really struggled against? Yeah. I know that he had – yeah. So, that, you know, like Oregon was a little bit better competition, and, and he struggled. So, you know, that kind of made me wonder, okay, is – these guys are a little bit better competition. The NBA level is going to be up. Is he going to be able to step it up? I think for a long time, you know, you see a seven footer with the skill set that he has. It's like, okay, I'm willing <laughs> willing to take a chance, but yeah. I, I'm not as in love with him as a lot of people are. That that's you know, obviously, I wish him well. A kid, kid from, you know, came, even though it was only three games, he came to Memphis. I, I hope that he does well, but there's definitely questions about him and the the other two. So. We'll see how that plays out. I, I think I'm on the same page as you. I think that Minnesota moves that pick. I, I don't think that they stay there. Um, I just want to – I wish I knew who was going to move up or who was actually going to take that pick. But we'll, we'll see how it goes down. I know the Bulls really like LaMelo yeah. Ball, so you may see Chicago. something. Yeah, a, a package from them moving over. So let's jump into the Grizzly stuff, man. Let's, uh, give me some of the guys that you like at 40 for the Grizzlies. Uh, man, there there's so many guys at the list. It's hard to I, I just kind of went through 
love some of the guys I like, and I could probably put 10, 15 guys in, yeah. in actuality. But in, for, for purposes of this show, we're going to cut it to like five or six guys. Um, I think looking outside, the, well, I, I guess we'll go inside the 40 first. Um, a couple guys, and, and I'm not sure if they'll be there. They, I mean, they're all over the place. Depends on where you look. Some mocks have them late first. Some have them at 40. Some even have them a little bit below 40. So you never know how these things are going to shake out. But I, I think uh, Elijah Hughes is, is a, a guy that I really like out of Syracuse. He's 6'6", 230 pounds, a little bit older at 22 years old. He's a, a senior, uh, average 19 points a game, uh, five rebounds, four assists. Uh, a steal, uh, 34% from three. I think he's a little bit better shooter, shooter than that. He was on, on seven attempts a game, but he's a good athlete. He's explosive, uh, above the rim type of guy. I think you would see a lot of highlights between him and Ja. He can really play an open four, uh, which really fits this team. He can play the half court as well. He's a good ball handler, uh, really good off the dribble, can catch and shoot as well, but a solid rebounder. I mean, I really, really like this kid, man. He can get the passing lanes, good defender. And again, I think experience i think a lot of times we look at these guys and you see at the top of the draft you take a lot of freshmen a lot of sophomores going the first round and these guys that, that stick around three or four years kind of fall through the cracks uh but i think sometimes these guys that can work in your favor and i think with elijah hughes i think that's something that could really work in his favor i think he's experienced and i think he's a guy that could could step in and play for this team year one and i think he really fits really well next to job because he's a guy like i said can get up and down uh he can spot up for three with when Jaws kicked it to the paint, he's the guy you can kick it out to. He can knock down an outside shot. Um, and also a highlight reel, man. Jaw could throw some lobs up to him. I mean, he could really finish around the basket. So I'm I'm a big fan of Elijah Hughes uh, out of Syracuse. I think he'd be a, a really good fit on this team. So what do you think, like, secondary playmaker abilities for him? Do you think that he would fit into that role? Because when, when Tyus went down in the bubble and Jaw was off the floor, the Grizzlies just – stuttered man they they were struggling they didn't have somebody outside of jaw that could really run this offense do you think you know playing off of jaw i think that he i agree with you 100 percent. elijah hughes is a guy that i've talked about and i like him um but do you think that he could kind of fill that role maybe as a secondary playmaker man you got to go back to the the, the bubble with tyus i think a lot of people underestimated how much tyus meant to this team i think we really saw that when he went down with the anthony melton uh, had been playing really well, but when you got, kind of tried to put him in that role uh, that Tyus had, he kind of really struggled, and his team really kind of went in the tank, man. They just couldn't win games without Tyus. Uh, and, uh, and Elijah, I think, is a guy that could be a a, a secondary playmaker uh, for this team. I don't think that's necessarily his strength, but I think he is a guy that that, uh, that that he handles the ball pretty well, and I think he can bring the ball up for this team. I think he did that some at Syracuse. So I do think he could be a guy that you could put on the ball kind of in that Kyle Anderson type of a mole, a guy that can, can be bring the ball up. You can take John in the game. He can bring the ball up, and you can put John the ball at times to give him a break when they're both in the game, and he can bring the ball up the floor as well. So I do think he could kind of fill that role probably better than, than some of the guys that, that like D'Anthony Melton that they have on the roster currently. I got you. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good stuff, man. I, like I said I'm, I'm pretty high on him. He, he's one of the guys that I would, uh, I would love it if he ended up in Memphis. But uh, you know. This new front office kind of keeps you guessing. That's one thing, man. I've been digging and searching. You hear, oh, this team may be looking at this guy. I've heard yeah. nothing, no, <laughs> nothing from this front office of, okay, we're tart, you know, and, and maybe that that's a good thing. You know, they're pretty tied. It's not, you know, they're not leaking anything to anybody. But, um, you know, I just want to hear just something, just a niblet of something. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there yeah. with you. So, 
All right. So, uh, Elijah, I'm gonna, I, I looked it up and the reason I was getting ready and Matt Babcock, he released his latest, like his final mock draft right before we got on this call. So I was going through and like scrambling to make sure I had it. He's got, uh, Elijah Hughes going late first round and yeah. his latest, he, he done the, uh, the CBS mock, mock draft with, um, Gary Parrish and Avery Bradley. No, what is it? Not Bradley. Avery Johnson. Yeah, Johnson, yeah. Yeah, and he had him going 23 to Utah, and he, he shifted him down one, but Babcock thinks he's going to go first round, and, and I think that he definitely has the talent. One of Some of the questions that uh, were in Elijah's game, like with him coming from Syracuse, they play the zone. So can he play man-to-man? Is he going to have the skills? And I think that, you know, athletically, he definitely has – the, the build, you know, and that's just going to yeah. be kind of a work ethic thing. Is he going to put the time in? So Yeah. Yeah. Size, like, size wise, size wise, like you said, definitely. He definitely has the body in the frame to do it, but it's definitely going to be a, a, a learning process, a transition process for him going from, from that zone to, to, to man to man and kind of having to guard some of those guards at the NBA. But I, I think he, he has the potential and athleticism. And like I said, the frame to, to kind of do that, but that definitely would be the question with him. All right, man. So let, let's run another name. Who who would be uh, so is Hughes your number one? If like if everybody that you have on your list is available, is Hughes the guy that you're taking? Man, I, I, I over the last week I've kind of been saying that, but uh, just doing my draft prep uh, here late. I think uh, Jemias Ramsey uh, out of Texas Tech is, is a guy that that I really like, and he's kind of kind of growing on me. I mean, he was on my list, but I kind of had Elijah Hughes number one, but he's a guy who who I really love as well. Uh, he doesn't have the the the, the best size at six four uh, to, to kind of play the, to, to play the wing, but I think he kind of makes up for that. He's strong frame, man. He's a guy who can can really finish uh, around the basket. Uh, he really good spot up shooter. Uh, I mean, a score, and I, and I love his mentality because I mean he gives hundred percent on on each end. A really high motor guy. Uh, I think he's going to be a, a really good player. And I. I'm starting to think that he might be the guy that I prefer out of my list. Uh, but I think he's going to be really good. Was actually uh, a target for Memphis. Uh, didn't end up choosing Memphis, went to Texas Tech. But uh, he's a tremendous player. I think he still still has a lot of potential, uh, still still growing, still learning. Uh, but, again, he's 6'4", about 200 pounds. So that 6'4", you kind of wish he was a little bit taller, wish he was a couple inches taller. But I think he makes up for that with, with, with determination. And his body frame and size, I think, helps him with that as well. Uh, but he's a tremendous finisher, just uh, kind of like we said with Elijah. He was a guy who could play above the rim, and I think he would fit in uh, really, really nicely with Jaws as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I would uh, definitely – I will guarantee if if he is the one that they take, there's going to be plenty of highlights of Ja throwing him lobs, man. Like 100% we're going to get to see that. So it's um, – Derek Murray from Babcock Hoops, he came on, and that that's one of the guys. He's actually like he's the top guy from for Derek that he said he thought Jemias Ramsey would be a great fit. So uh like like him as well. Let's go, let's go with your next guy, man. Who you got after uh after Elijah Hughes? And then we just we threw Jemias in there, but who's uh who's the next guy you want to talk about? Man, real real quick, last point on Jemias. I, I think if Jemias Ramsey was six, 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 seven, I, I don't think he'd be anywhere in the range of 40. I think he'd be a top half of the draft guy. I think that's kind of what holds him down, the fact that he's 6'4". Um, I, I think that's why he probably goes a little bit lower because skill-wise, I think he's one of the better players in this draft. I, I think his ceiling is, is really high. I think he has a, a high floor. I, I don't really see him missing. I think he'll 
be a contributor for sure. But another guy, I mean, Isaiah Joe um, out of Arkansas, sophomore, 6'4", 170 pounds, um, kind of different than the guys that we've kind of talked about. He's more of a specialist, um, long, really good catch-and-shoot guy. Uh, I think would fit perfectly with Ja. I mean, he's a guy that Ja can drive and kick, a guy that can just stand out there and spot up and shoot. He's not a guy that's going to do a lot off the dribble, doesn't give you a lot, a lot of else. But in today's NBA, man, if you can, can knock down shots the way he can, uh, you, you have a spot in the league, and I think the Grizz for a long time. I mean, Mike Miller is probably the only real, like, consistent three-point shooter they they yeah. really had since they've been in Memphis. Man, it, for some reason, seems like other teams can get these guys, and for some reason, the Grizz can't find that that consistent guy for long range. But I think those Isaiah Joe and drafting him would go a long ways in fixing that. I mean, again, I mean, ninety percent from the free throw line. Uh, I think is really good, and he's a good good team defender. He's shown. Uh, I think it, it last year that, that he could do a little bit on the defensive end as well. So uh, not the, not the complete guy that some of these guys are. They can do a lot of things for us, pulling up off the dribble and things like that. But I think with the way this roster is set up, I think a, a, a guy that can, can just stand out in the corner and shoot threes, I think would really go a long way to help them because I think that kind of kind of hindered them last year as one of the pieces that they were really missing. He plays really well off the ball too, you know, like because yeah. Mason was he the moves. guy at Arkansas. And, you know, whenever I was watching stuff, studying on him, he can he can read the defense, man. And he yeah. makes sli- just small adjustments, you know, just slides up just a little bit to give him enough time. His release is, is smooth, quick, so he can get the shot off fast. And he, I think he took like uh, this last year, he took like 10 attempts a game. Yeah, and so he was a game. You know, you're looking at, oh, well, the percentage is maybe not that great, but, you know, he, he's the number two guy in Arkansas. You come up to the Grizzlies in the NBA, you're not going to have as much pressure on you. The game is a little faster. There's differences, obviously, but it's a lot different. Same thing with, with Elijah Hughes being the, you know, he was the guy at Syracuse. Yeah. So the defense was focusing on him. And when they make that next level step up, that's not going to be the case. So, you know, maybe maybe just a little bit of difference of not being the guy is going to give them enough room to, uh, to shine. Yeah, I think with Joe, you, you kind of look at that. I think his three-point percentage went down from, about, I think, north of 40 to 34 uh, last year. And I think that was because defenses were, were solely focused on him. I think just being a guy that's just stand out there two three-pointers, I think he could definitely do that. Another thing with Joe, I think he's about 170 pounds. He has the type of frame where he could probably put on 15 to 20 pounds of muscle. And I think going to the NBA and getting on that weight program, I think he'll do that. And I think that will help him transition into a guy that can also – get into the paint and do some things for you as well. So I, I, I really like him. Um, he's another guy that just depends on where you look. There's some have him late, yeah. late first. Some have him early second. Some even have him, I think, down at 42, 43. So um, it, it's going to be interesting. It's a group of guys right there from probably 20 to 45 where they could go anywhere. You just don't yeah, know. Yeah, right you now. could justify taking it like it. Yeah, that, that's um, – I was reading about that. Somebody was talking about that in one of the articles I was reading. Like, you know, the the first – you know, 15 or so guys, like, okay, these are going to be the first 15. But then after that, you've got a lump of guys that you can justify, okay, this guy has the skills and he fits this team. They can take him there and it's not that much of a stretch. So it's a lot of talent in this draft, just not top-end loaded. I think um, Isaiah Joe, on his his freshman season, they still had Gafford there, and so they were playing inside out. He shot 41% his freshman season. And that was on eight attempts. So he can definitely shoot the ball. That that's not an issue. It just it's a different game when you lose a, an NBA caliber player like Gafford in the middle and you go from playing inside out to, you know, a completely different offense. Y- your looks are going to be different. 
So uh, yeah, that that little the the drop in the three point percentage definitely didn't uh, scare me away from him. But yeah, he's one that I'm just out out of anybody that I've talked about. I just don't think that he's going to make it to forty. I I don't see him being there at forty. I hope he is. I, I'm completely okay if he is, obviously, but I don't know that he's going to be there. Yeah, I, I agree with with his suitability and how the premium that that's put on in the league. Uh, nowadays, I, I think it, it'll be hard pressed for him to make it to 40. But if he's there for 40 for the Grizzlies, man, it would be a, a home run pick, in my opinion. Absolutely. All right, man. Who you got next? Uh, Cassius Stanley, uh, which is a guy who a lot of people don't like for some reason. And that kind of surprises me. A lot of people don't like him as a, pro- a prospect. I know NBA Draft.net actually has the Grizzlies taking him at 40 in their latest mock, man, 6'6, 200 pounds. Uh, out of Duke, man, you know, so you know he's well coached down there with with Coach K. He played a lot of big games, man. Super athlete, he's explosive, uh, has a really good motor. He's really good in transition, which really fits his team and in, in, in the style of play. Um, I think he again another guy like we talked about with Ramsey. I think with Stanley, you see a lot of highlights, uh, a lot of alley oops oh, yeah. between him and him and Ja. Uh, I mean, he's active off the ball, I mean, he's pretty good on the ball defender. He really likes to to kind of take on that challenge of the other team's best player. He played so he does really good. One on one, good rebounder from the guard position for his size. I think he's not the best ball handler, uh, not not a great passer. He can kind of get wild at times and and turn the ball over a little bit, try to do too much at times. But as an overall prospect and potential, I, I think he's a guy that could really uh, come to become a, a really good three and D guy for this team. And so that's something that they're they're lacking. And I and I think he fits really well next to John. And I think coming out of Duke, you know, he's well coached, um, and, and I think he'll be a good pick. He, he does have some holes in his game, which of all these guys, that's the reason why they're not going top 15. But again, I really like him as a prospect. And it kind of surprises me that there are more people on only him for the Grizz. Yeah. You know, he, you talk about his uh, athleticism and he, he actually beat Zion had the record for the highest vertical at Duke. Yeah. And, and, uh, and he, he took that over. I, I had it down somewhere. I don't have it in my I think, notes here. I was going to say, I think he had the highest, I think he had the highest at the NBA combine uh, as well. Did he? Yeah. So, I mean, this dude can, can fly, but you know, like there's going to be holes. Regardless of any of the, there's not a single guy that you're going to get at 40 that's no. going to come in and be 100% NBA ready and not have holes. Because if he did, if he was that ready, then he wouldn't be dropping to 40. So, yeah, that's um, I can't, I can't understand why his name doesn't come up more. You see a lot of of Mason Jones, Isaiah yeah. Joe. Different yeah. guys. Like I've seen quite a few names getting thrown around, but you don't see people talking about Stanley a whole lot. And that's, you know, as I was going through all these prospects, looking at okay, who might be available for the Grizzlies for us to talk about, and I started reading about him and watching stuff with him. I'm like, holy cow! How are how are more people not about him? But yeah, I don't know. He just not flashing enough. I don't think that's the case because if if you watch any film on him and you watch how those two dunks the ball, oh man, then, you know he, he's definitely got the uh, definitely got the flash. So yeah, it's definitely weird when I when I throw his name out there, people are like, oh, I'm not that high on on Stanley. I like the other guys on your list, and I'm just just don't get it. I don't know what it is about him. I don't know if it's Duke hate. People have this innate Duke hate. <laughs> if they're not Duke fans, I don't know what it is, but people just don't seem to like him as a prospect. And I think potential wise, overall, I think he could end up being the best player on this list. It wouldn't su- surprise me because I think he has that kind of potential to grow overall for them being, being a freshman. I, I see a lot of potential for growth there on both ends of the floor for him. I, I think he could be a, a, a really good player, but we'll see. Sure. Sure. You got anybody else, man? 
Yeah, yeah, man. One one more name, man. Kind of a, a sleeper guy. Uh, Juco J Scrub, man. I I really like this kid. Uh, I, I followed him. Saw, saw a lot of his stuff in high school. Um, I got a, a cousin from Louisville. He was a uh that that actually runs Frankie Viz and Frank Ward. Uh, that does the Frankie Viz highlights. That's my cousin. So he kind of kind of became friends with Jay Scrub and kind of kind of followed him around a little bit. Um, so I kind of kind of saw a lot of him. Six six, hundred eighty five pounds, man. Um. The, the only the, the, kind of the negative is the, the competition level. You you just don't know how a guy transitions from from JUCO to the NBA. But man, he can really score. He's left-handed. Uh, Again, at six six as a six nine wingspan, really explosive. Uh, another guy that's really good in transition that I think could fit well with Ja. He's a slasher. Can really slash to the basket. Uh, can get to the rim and finish. Gets to the free throw line. I mean, he's a good ball handler. Um, has some point guard skills. He's another guy who could could kind of help us that secondary ball handler. Again, I think some of the drawbacks to him is, of course, the Duke competition. And he's one of those guys that that's always kind of been the man. So he has the tendency to play hero ball, excuse me, hero ball at times. Uh, will kind of force shots, kind of try to force his way to the basket sometimes, make some bad mistakes. Uh, but but he's a guy that I think could, could catch light in the bottle. I think the fact that he's a, a Duke prospect kind of lowers his, his tier a little bit with the fact that you see him going around 45, 50 sometimes in, in, in the draft. I think he's a guy who could really outperform that long-term. I, I just think him being a Juco kind of had some off-the-court problems a little bit uh, a few years back, and I think that kind of dampens his prospect. I think if he had went to college, we'd be talking about him a lot higher in his draft. So I oh, think yeah. he's a guy He's a guy that you could take and you could really really pay off for you down at 40, but he's kind of a, a sleeper guy, I and mean, I, I really like him. I and mean, if you can see the guys that I picked, there's a kind of a theme, these six five, six six guards of uh, athletic and, and can run the floor outside of Joe. I think they're all kind of the, the same similar guys, but I think he would be a great fit next to Josh well and a guy who could could after a couple of years of development really pay off for you yeah you know he in high school he he was phenomenal like he he was a great player he was in the running for like the uh Kentucky like I can't I looked it up I can't remember what the yeah uh, I mean he was all like, kind the of awards up there a year in high school yeah you know he just he struggled and, and I was reading about him and it's he said that there was kind of like a switch that flipped for him between his sophomore and junior season that he just kind of, you know, he was playing basketball because he liked it, and then he fell in love with the game. And, you know, he was he had signed to go to Louisville Louisville, before COVID, and then after it, like all of that went down, he decided to declare for the draft. So I I think that if he goes and he plays that year at Louisville and he gets that D1 exposure, that he's a lottery guy. I I, think so. I agree. And, uh, you know, I, I think that guys like that falling down to 40, I want every bit of it. That that was he. He's my number one guy. If everybody else is available at forty, I want Jay Scrub and and Babcock's latest draft. That's who he, he had. Uh, he had the Grizzlies taking him at forty. And man, I can't tell you, I will be the first one in line at the forum to get a Jay <laughs> Scrub jersey if that's who they take at forty, man. Because I really really like him. I I really dug in. I started reading about him. And just kept finding more and more articles about stuff, you know, like his coming up on the the west side of Louisville and the the struggles that he had to overcome. And you you grow like you get character from that. Yeah. And, and that's uh you know that's something you can't teach that you can't teach somebody character. And so him having to kind of earn his way, like go through those struggles, and to now. You know, he, he was dominant at John A. And like you say, the, the level of competition, you're not too sure about it. But he's got all the tools, man, for sure, 100%.
Yeah, so now, I, I think so. I was going to say, yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think you could take him at 40. We could look up in two or three years and people wondering, like, how did this guy slip into the second round? I think he has that type of potential. Um, again, I think, that, like you said, all the stuff, the Juco stuff and all that, that kind of holds him back and people are not, not really too sure. But uh, I, I think I've watched enough of him. I, th- I think it translates. I mean, he does have some growing to do, but I think he could be a guy who could really be a big-time scorer um, in, in the NBA. I think his scoring will translate, and I think he could be a really really steal for someone down there in the second round. Yeah, you know, he, he can shoot the ball, and you have to respect this shot, and he's fat. his first step is fast first enough. Step, if man, you, get too, you get too close, he's going to the rim with it. Like, he, he's got it, man. He's got it. I, I just – I can't wait. I'm going to be cheering for this dude regardless of where he goes. I have no doubt that he's getting drafted somewhere. So he, he has earned a lifelong fan in me. I'm hoping that I get to cheer for him in Memphis. We'll, we'll see how that goes. All right, so outside of 40, there's no no announcements of the Grizzlies making a trade. Like I said, I'm just looking for a little niblet or something from this front office, and there's been <laughs> nothing, no talks about Grizzlies trades. Who is your – if the Grizzlies could move up to get somebody, who who is your guy? Okay, th- this is who I want if they can move up. Man, it, it, I think it's got to be Desmond Bain, man. I, I absolutely love this kid. 6'6", 220, 220 pounds, man. He's a little older, um, at 22 years old after out of TCU. But, I mean, this guy can, can do it all, man. I mean, high IQ, strong frame. Uh, he can shoot out the dribble. He can catch and shoot it. Man, he's a good passer. Uh, with his size at 220, he can kind of – Bully uh, smaller guards in the paint and kind of kind of score on the inside of me. I, he could just do it all, and I think if you look at this Grizzly team, I think he's the prototypical player to kind of fit with this team next next to Ja. I think he's that that all around two guard that can pretty much do it all for you. And that that shooting ability, guy, man, I'm just so long we've been looking for a guy that can can really shoot with this team, and this guy really fits that bill. If he starts dropping into the to the twenties, I think I would do everything I could to to move up, and I think. You let that last name, I mean, that marketing, Bane, it just kind of kind of tells itself. You know we got to have yep. a, a Bane mass night or something if, if they were able to get up and, and get him. It's easy money for him, man. If they draft him, easy money, definitely. So, like, I, de- I don't have to ask that question. You know, I was talking about secondary playmaker. I don't have to ask that question with him because he can definitely be that. Yeah. He, he was he was at, at TCU, very effective. It, it was great, like – so he he's got a negative wingspan, six six, but he's six four yeah. wingspan, and I'm one of the only like, one of the only players in the draft that does does have that. That is a a, a negative for sure. And, and I was like, why is this kid falling? Like, why is he even getting? Why is he in the second round? Because when I first started reading about him and looking into him, like mock drafts, like projections, they were having him, you know, mid forties. A couple places were even in like the fifties, and I'm like. <laughs> There is no way, but he's been rocketing up the draft boards because there's been videos of him, you know, doing the the shooting workout. And like, I think he, he performed the best for the, uh, the long shot and the combine. Yeah. Yeah, And, um, had a video where you think he made 43 in a row from the top of the key the other day. So, yeah. 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 So, you know, like there's, there's no doubt, like he, he can definitely shoot the ball and I I wouldn't, yeah. Like you say, he, he gets past 20. I'm not at a point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to give up a ton of assets to move up to get him. But if you could give up, you know, the, the Grizzlies have have piled up a pretty good, yeah, good position. You know, that they've got quite a few seconds that they could uh, give up or, you know, maybe, a, you know, Kyle Anderson or something like that. Move, yeah, there's all kinds of things that they have that they could use to move up, you know, into the, the 20s to pick him up. And that would be um, – I'd – 
I think the the one thing that I've heard about like there's some some people that are saying he's hit his ceiling, like he's peaked. Yeah, I mean he's he 20, he's 22 years old, so you I yeah. mean that I don't think there's a lot of he is. He, I think that that is would be the negative for him. You talk about the wingspan. Uh, I think he is what he is as a prospect, but I think what he is right now is, is really good. That's the, that's the thing. I don't I don't think he's gonna turn into this superstar guy, but I think he could be a a, a plus role player for for a long time. Yeah, like. Chris Mullins was not a superstar yeah. player, but he was a good NBA player his entire career that, you know, like you don't have to be a superstar. There's a ton of guys that are drafted in this first round that are not superstars. And so, you know, like if you can come in, if you can be a three and D guy that gets you paid for a long time in the NBA. So that's, yeah, I, I like Desmond Bain. It's, it's so funny that everybody that you had on your list, man, it was all, all, all of them. <laughs> Are all guys that I cover and all guys that I like. So man, great, great, yeah. <laughs> man. I appreciate you coming on. I'm gonna give you a little bit of time here at the end. You can uh, get get your plug in. Let everybody know where they can find you, where they can read your material, and uh, and we'll get on with it. Oh yeah, man. I'm all, always on Twitter. Very, very extremely active on Twitter. Uh, always talking sports and whatever else is going on. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals. That's I S A A C underscore Rivals. Of course, I cover the Tigers. You can find my work over at TigersportsReport.com. Uh, we ramp it up for basketball season. Got that going on, man. But I'm excited, man. December 22nd. I'm kind of surprised, man. I didn't think the NBA Players Association would go for that sort of a layoff, man. But they're ready to get this thing going, man. We got the draft here. The moratorium has been been lifted. So, man, it's it's full speed ahead, man. I'm, I'm excited. I think, again, I think it's going to be extremely active because I think teams are going to see this small window, and I think they're going to kind of rush to do some things that they make on normal circumstances, not do or take some time to, to kind of see how things shake out elsewhere. I think they're going to be aggressive and, and ready to make moves. And again, we haven't heard much for the Grizzlies, but I, I think they got some assets. They got three trade, uh, tra- trade exceptions. They got Gorgie jeans expiring. I'm not a big fan of them really making a major move right now. I think next off season would kind of be their spot, but if they find something uh, that, that works for them and makes sense long-term, I'm definitely not opposed to it. I know we've kind of, kind of put two and two together. A lot of people thought Buddy Hill would be, a guy that Grizz could go after. So if something may materialize there, who knows? But but we'll see, man. But I'm excited. Yeah. Thanks again for coming on, man. Man, I appreciate it, man. Anytime, man. I have to thank you for reaching out. Really, really enjoyed, man, rapping with you. So I, I, I gotta I gotta tell you something, man. I gotta tell you. I was gonna invite you on. I, you know, I've been I followed you on Twitter a little bit ago and I was gonna invite you on before and then I started looking at your profile, and I saw you were a Cowboys fan. I'm like, oh, <laughs> man, I don't know about this guy. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, rough, rough year. Rough year for us, man. It's uh, Hopefully hopefully things bounce back. Hopefully we can be like uh, San Antonio when when David Robinson went down, ended up getting Tim Duncan and coming back the next year. Hopefully that's similar to what, what happens to us, man. But I think this is kind of a lost year, so I'm just kind of playing for the draft pick right now. I can't say I actually want them to win too many games. I want them to stay in that top three. Yeah, yep, definitely. Uh, they should pay Dak man, immediately. Yes, yes, definitely. immediately. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, I'll let you go. All right, man, thanks. I appreciate it. I really enjoyed talking with you. Hey, guys, appreciate you listening to the show. I just wanted to take a little bit of time. I forgot to sign off before I stopped the Skype recording, so I'm going to drop it in right now. You can find the show on Twitter at HootballGrizz. You can find me at dwell 2111 you can find Sam at SammyB1118. And I'm going to drop Isaac's handle one more time before I get out of here. Isaac, huge shout-out to you. I appreciate you coming on, man. It is at Isaac underscore live. Thank you.
Thanks for listening. You know what it is. Until next time. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.